Hello and welcome to another Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today I'm going to talk about the original first shared universe of Marvel, Marvel's animated universe of the 90s. But we, I just want to touch on the news we got a couple hours ago that Stan Lee has passed. It's sad. We kind of knew it was coming. He's been having worse and worse health the last couple of years. And he had an awful battle with his finances finances, and people close to him that I hope uh, didn't take too much out of him in the last couple of years. It's a sad day, but it's also, a good, it's also a day to reflect and be happy that this man brought this much joy to everyone in the world. And his work will go on forever. Stanley will be synonymous with Marvel until we're all lying, God. So I just want to say a big thank you to Stan for getting me, for being a big part of me being involved in, with these characters and this genre and loving this genre the way that I do. So, big excelsior to the, in the sky, Mr. Lee. And on that note, I will touch on something that you did have executive producer credits for on numerous of these shows, the Marvel Animated Universe of the 90s. This really hooked me in. This got me into the comic book genre, along with the Batman, the animated series, but this one was more colorful, there was more characters. Uh, this was my jam growing up, more than Batman, the animated series. And the, the funny thing is, the universe was actually created more for the purpose of selling toys after the first show we're going to talk about is X-Men the animated series but after that show was a hit there was big pressure from Marvel and Toy Biz which had the rights to sell Marvel toys and Marvel owned a piece of Toy Biz so it was mutually beneficial if they get this up and running so the main reason wasn't to give us the content that we desperately deserved and wanted but to sell toys to us, sell you 25 different Iron Man toys with just a different cannon or a different color. You know, just that was their plan. I've been going back and re I did some research on this, and that was part of their plan. So we got X-Men the Animated Series first, which was amazing to see. Uh, we got big story arcs. Uh, we got multi-episode arcs as well. It was the first time I've seen that in animated shows. We got, like, not just part one, part two, but we got four and five parts. Days of Future Past and Phoenix Saga come to mind for that. We had Magneto on Genosha. Uh, we had the Savage Island. There was such great content. The last season kind of makes it suffer a little bit because they cheaped out with the animation. I want to say they went to some Vietnam, Vietnamese place for that. I'm not 100% sure, but it was not who they used the original time. But we can connect the storytelling. We got all those big arcs. It was not so much the animated, it's not so much the shared universe, but this is where the beginnings of the universe. They fought for the multi-episode story arcs really hard. And they also fought for the previously on X-Men title card. To actually get this, they went to the producers and the people, well, they went to the people in charge, the execs, the money 
to people with the money saying, you'll save money if you let us do a 20-second rehash of old animation rather than use new animation and just do 20 seconds of new material, which got us to previously on X-Men, which I thought was a cool little side little note of that. And I think that started the previously on thing that we got, we get almost all the time now. So that was a pretty great show. And with that, I also got to note that the characters were based on Jim Lee's run in the 90s. It was like ripped from the page, the color, the look. It was, it was spectacular. And it also tackled a lot of social issues, such as racism, bigotry. It was big on all that stuff. And it was... It was a bit over my head when I first watched this. Growing up, I was six. But re-watching it when I was a little older, like I come back on in 96, and it came, it was on TV, pretty on Fox, through the 90s. You could always get it, get your hands on it. Well, get your eyes on that. So after that, like I was telling you, the toy company and Marvel made a big push to put more shows out. So we got this universe expanding big time. With the Marvel Action Hour introducing Iron Man and Fantastic Four. I'm going to point out with Iron Man first of all. The second season opening title card sequence, the opening sequence, is probably the most badass of all the comic uh, shows. Where he's hammering the armor and the music's like heavy metal. Oh my god, it was so cool. I used to love that. And we got. Avenger characters such as Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, War Machine, Hulk. Uh, we got Spider Woman show up, Modok, Fin Fan Foom. And that was all great. And with Fantastic Four, uh, that introduced us to Doctor Doom, Black Panther, Inhumans, Daredevil, Thor. Ghost Rider, Silver Surfer was there, Hulk gets started, Spider-Man gets started on that show as well. Uh, Silver Surfer was supposed to, uh, got his own spin-off show from that. And Ghost Rider also was supposed to get his own show, and the episode he was on was supposed to be a backdoor pilot. But that didn't come to be, which really sucked now thinking about it. Because... I'm going to be honest with you, I saw someone share a video of Ghost Rider coming in to save the Fantastic Four on their cartoon show, like, last week, and that's what inspired me to do this, because that was the first time, well, that wasn't the first time, but the first time in a long time I've seen that scene, seen that scene, say that five times fast, <laughs> so I wanted to go back, and Ghost Rider just comes in like a badass and takes, takes down Galactus, which you're like, what? Okay, didn't know you were that strong. So, I thought that was pretty cool as well, but these, both these shows didn't do that much success-wise. Uh, they were still not up to the level of X-Men, the animated series, uh, especially in Fantastic Four's case, you can blame it on cheaper animation style. Uh, second season of Iron Man really went for more of an X-Men, the animated series style. But then we get uh, what is my, what in my view the most underrated part of this universe and the under, most underrated show, The Incredible Hulk, which is very similar tone to X-Men, the animated series. Uh, the voice actor from Iron Man, the show of Iron Man, uh, reprised his role, so that's keeping this universe continuity intact and keeping it shared. 
We have guest appearance from Ghost Rider, Thor, Doctor Doom, members of the Fantastic Four. The Hulk appeared on Fantastic Four show. The some of them appeared on Hulk show. And Hulk referred to the events that happened to him on both Iron Man's and Fantastic Four shows. Uh, so we get that. And I implore you, if you haven't seen this show, I'm not going to go in depth big time. I don't want to give any spoilers away. But this is a show to watch. For me, the first few episodes at least, I think you'd thoroughly enjoy it. And it's good to take a walk down memory lane like that. So the piece de resistance for Marvel's animated universe was Spider-Man the animated series. It was it was the big follow-up to X-Men that Marvel kept looking for over and over again. Uh, it used computer animated uh, backgrounds that they were state-of-the-art at the time. And they had tie-in comics and video games and toys. And it became Marvel's biggest success, like I said. And I saw an interview researched and found an interview with the with the showrunner, the executive producer, saying he had access to all Marvel's universe up to then. Every character they ever had before they sold them all off. And he had cross, crossovers that included uh, a great crossover with X-Men the Animated Series where Spider-Man's trying to get rid of the disease that he has that eventually caused him to become the Man-Spider. And X-Men showing that there's people out there like him that he needs. It was, really, it was really cool. Really great. I implore you to go back and watch it. I actually implore you to go back and watch the entire uh, Marvel Animated Universe. You know, you can leave off the last two shows. I'll get into them a little bit. Uh, but it is eight shows and 253 episodes. It's spanned from 92 to 2000. So uh, it's a pretty big accomplishment. And it would be a pretty cool thing to check out before Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Or whatever we're going to call it. Avengers 4, we'll call it. Uh, so, yeah, the crossover with X-Men was great. He had a fantastic uh, crossover with the Punisher. Uh, where Punisher's trying to find Mary Jane and playing Spider-Man. That was fantastic. It was a couple times Punisher showed up. Uh, Daredevil is on a great one where Peter Parker gets framed by F Wilson Fisk. And Matt Murdock is Peter Parker's lawyer, pro bono. That's just a fantastic two-parter. I'm pretty sure they did that to uh, VHS. When I say that one and the Green Goblin one. Uh, Captain America shows up in there. Uh, we got Robert Hayes' Iron Man comes back again. War Machine's in there. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple just just for example, for Spider-Man, the animated series, just 10 minutes into the opening episode with the lizard, I think it's Night of the Lizard, uh, Spider-Man name drops both Fantastic Four and Avengers, and even the Incredible Hulk, but saying that both the Fantastic Four and the Avengers would never be caught dead in a sewer where he's trying to chase uh, the lizard. Hydro-Man appeared in both Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, but really the main thing that the Marvel Animated Universe accomplished was the Secret Wars saga, three-episode story arc on Spider-Man the Animated Series final, final season that was the biggest shared universe experience to date for, them, for all of us at that time, and I would argue for all of us until 
Mar the MCU. Uh, Spider-Man was in charge of assembling a team of heroes, and he had his choice of almost everyone. A little side note, the Lizard was chosen, but it was supposed to be the Hulk. They couldn't work out uh, the scheduling for the voice actor for the Hulk and something about cast as well. So they went with the cheaper option in the Lizard, who I think the person was around at the time, uh, or did other voices. Uh, so Spider-Man recruited a team that included Captain America, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Storm, Lizard, Black Cat. It was, it was very ambitious to think about this now, like looking back then in the mid-90s mid to late 90s and thinking about what we got at what we were getting at the time I don't think any of us grasped how big it really was they had villains like Dr. Doom and Red Skull and Dr. Octopus controlling regions Spider-Man had to show that he was a true leader they had like such world enders as the Beyonder who we talk who we talk about in the same light as a grandmaster. When I say they're related, I'm not 100% sure. Any listeners uh, can correct me on that. And this was my favorite story arc of the Spider-Man, the animated series. I thought this was fantastic. This and the Venom three-part story arc. If you wanted a Spider-Man Venom movie and you told it really similar to that, I know Spider-Man 3 does a lot of it, but... Uh, Topher Grace just takes me right out of Eddie Brock. This is the Eddie Brock I want. He terrorizes Spider-Man and he even teams up with Venom and crosses over with him in the Iron Man crossover. So that's all fantastic. And this universe, that was the biggest uh, accomplishment for that universe. A little special note, the final episode of Spider-Man, the animated series, has a nice cameo from Stan Lee. It's pretty touching, especially now. It'd be nice to go back and check that out. I think that's what I'm going to do when I finish this. Uh, Stan was always so proud of Spider-Man, especially, and I'm going to be honest with you, that Spider-Man, the animated series, hanged right out there with Batman, the animated series, in my opinion. They're both top-notch. So... There was two other shows that they did, two ending shows after Spider-Man the Animated Series. Spider-Man Unlimited, which was just done to fill episode, uh, a contract so that they'd have enough episodes to do reruns, but that combining that and Spider-Man the Animated Series. And it, the quality suffers, the animation suffers. Uh, it's just it's very disappointing going from the cliffhanger ending of Spider-Man the Animated Series to this. And just a little side note, it doesn't give you any comfort to write direct message. The voice actor who plays, who play, who voiced Spider-Man on Spider-Man the Animated Series, it won't give you any closure when he tells you that it was the studio's fault for money, and then he tries to get you to give money to his GoFundMe page or something along those lines for the start of his own animated show. So that was very disappointing that happened to me after I've done a rewatch. I want to say it's like five years ago. 
did a rewatch of Spider-Man the Animated Series, and I immediately direct messaged the guy, Christopher, I want to say his first name is, and that's what I got back, and it was terribly disappointing. I just wish we would have got some conclusions to that. I was told that it was that he was supposed to find the original Mary Jane, and then the whole season was supposed to be him and Mary Jane getting back to their specific time. But that didn't happen. We got Spider-Man Unlimited instead with Venom and Carnage who kind of were like Bebop and Rhapsody. <laughs> oh my, it was not not very good. Uh, the quality suffer. And in Avengers United They Stand, I didn't, I've, I haven't watched that. I'm going to be honest with you. I never got a chance to see it. It's a future look at the Avengers, and I've read that it was inspired by Batman Beyond. Both the Avengers, you know, that they stand, and Spider-Man Unlimited both only made it 13 episodes each. That's it. They got the kibosh. When I say Silver Surfer had his own show as well, smile from this, but they changed to his uh, origin story quite a bit. So yeah, that's uh, the MAU, the Marvel Animated Universe. Uh, in my opinion, Marvel was right there, if not above DC at the time. DC had Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, but Marvel had all these in such a great shared universe. They definitely took a step back with those final two uh, shows, and it shows that DC took a stranglehold on the animated, uh, animated line. With Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and then just went on into now with Young Justice. I say, I kind of hoping that Spider Man Into the Spider Verse uh, does really well and kind of kickstarts Marvel into getting back in the animated game a bit. But in my opinion, this was the apex of animated shows, not just for Marvel, but for all of us in the 90s to get this high, high level storytelling get multi-episode story arcs, uh, like not just two, but three and four, sometimes five, it was, it's just everything for a comic fan, and if you're jonesing for some shared universe Marvel goodness, and you can't wait for Avengers 4, or Captain Marvel, then you should really check out a lot of these shows, but my top three would have to be Spider-Man the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, and The Incredible Hulk. So yeah, this is Travis Hines. Uh, you can drop me a line on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Did you guys watch these shows growing up like myself? And did these get you into comics like they did me? Uh, this has been a joy. Uh, this stuff here holds a special place in my heart every day after school and Saturday mornings done right uh, I hope you guys enjoy and hope you have a great week